right, so uh, welcome to The Journey. It is um, Monday of Championship Week. We're talking with the best left back in League One, Damia Viador. So let's start. Uh, Dami, what was the first time you kicked the ball that you can remember? So I remember being probably four or five years old. And from there, uh, I've continued to kick ball. And my mom saw that I was a good player, and then I kept on playing. Nice. So where were you born? I was born in Barcelona, um, Spain, and I've, I've been living there my whole life. Uh, but I, I came to the U.S. like two or three years ago. I, uh, I talked to Coach Mike Brown recently, so I got I got some very Barton specific questions to ask you later. But uh, all right, let's. All right. Uh, so you first start playing at four or five. Your mom recognizes some talent. Uh, what what happens next? So the next immediate step is uh, I inscribed to the to my school futsal league, five v five futsal. And I played for like two or three years in my school. And my mom keeps saying that, you know, we should do something about you. You're very talented. And um, so I, I went to a, an open tryout for the uh, Barcelona Academy. And I, at, that, at that point, I was like seven, eight years old. And I remember being there. Um, and there were like 300 kids. And only three or four of us got selected for the Barcelona Academy. And uh, I remember that day as one of the happiest days of my life. I remember when a letter came to my home and, and well, yeah, basically explaining that, that I was I was signed by Barcelona and that, that I would be playing there. That's uh, that's crazy. What? Um, yeah, 300 kids in an open tryout and only, you know, three making it. That's, that's insane. So what... Um, what changed at that point? So you're going to school, uh, playing foosball. What changed? Like, who do you start? I mean, do you still live at home? Like, uh, you know, this is a, tell us tell us what that becoming part of the academy was like. Yeah, so basically, there's um, you can go either to, when, when you sign for Barcelona, you can go to La Masia. You know, probably know, heard about uh, La Masia. I have, I have. Players have basically sleep there. They, well, Barcelona pays pays for everything for these kids. But normally, the players who go there are people who are from outside of Barcelona, or their parents have trouble um, bringing them to practice or whatever. So, I, I was still in my normal life. I, I I lived home with my parents. They would take me to practice, and I would still go to the to school in the mornings. But. But yeah, as I say, I, uh, my, my life uh, changed completely, and and I was very very excited about what, what my my journey was about to become. Yeah. I would uh, I'd imagine. So, um, did you grow up watching Barcelona like before? So is that like you know as much of a dream can be at eight years old? Like was that the dream? Yeah, definitely. Um, my my even my father had uh, brought me to the Camp Nou Barcelona Stadium before I, I signed for Barcelona. All of my all of my family was uh, had a membership and yeah, it's like playing for Barcelona. If you're in if you're from Catalonia or, for, or from Spain, it's, it's like the biggest thing you can 
you can achieve, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. So, what? Uh, how many like um, for the uneducated, such as myself? You know, how many folks are like in your class? Uh, are you training with on a you know day to day basis at Barca? Yeah, I, I if I remember, we practice for uh, four days a week. And my team was uh, guys from my age. We were probably 17, 18 players because at that time we played uh, 77 because we were too too young to play on big soccer, you know. Um, but yeah, for we practiced four days a week and then a game on the weekends. It's unbelievable. That's awesome. Um, so you're with a pretty elite group. Anybody in that like first few years you were there that? really is notable yeah there's a couple guys uh, there's Carles Alenia he plays in the first team Barcelona now um, and then Dani Olmo he plays for Red Bull Leipzig uh, so yeah I would I would say those two players are the most noticeable players I've played with yeah that's yeah. Uh, that's crazy so how long were you at the Barcelona Academy so I was five years there, from eight to thirteen. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, what happens at age thirteen? So at the age of thirteen, I went uh, to another club called uh, Cornellà, which is a very good academy in, in Catalonia, and I I played there for like five years maybe, and and yeah, till I was sixteen or seventeen, more or less. Uh, nice. Anything? Uh, what was the sort of the highlight of your time um, at the other club, whose name I definitely can't pronounce? Uh, my my first youth year, or still in like uh, under nineteen stuff. Oh yeah. So like uh, you're at um, I. Um, you don't know. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, I played. So when when I finished uh, playing for Cornelia for five years, I still had one year left uh, before like uh, moving to the amateur level. Okay. Giron uh, assigned me, which is now a club in second division in Spain. But they had a pretty good under nineteen uh, project, so I went there. And then after that, my first youth uh, well, amateur uh, year, I I played for a third division club in Spain called Europa. Awesome. So as a, a, I'm a big fan of uh, cycling, and so I'm very familiar with Girona since that's where like all the American pros who live in Europe live. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I like I've never been, but I've heard more about there than like literally any other place in Spain. So, um, uh, awesome. So it sounds like you played a lot of places. How did you end up um, coming to the states? Yeah, so uh, I was playing, as I said, in third division in Spain, and I was about to renew my contract with that team, but uh, an agent reached out to me because I, I tried to go to the U.S. Uh, when I was 15, 16 years old, but it just didn't, didn't, it didn't sort out, and I kept playing in Spain. So he reached out to me again when I was 18, I believe, or 19. And are you still interested in going to the U.S.? And I said, yeah, why not? Let's try it. And, and yeah, I, I went to the junior college level and 
that's where my journey started here in the U.S. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll loop back uh, we'll loop back to that um, in a minute. But I want to talk through sort of uh, your time in second division and your time in third division. So um, at what point did you start playing against adults, like, and in front of huge crowds or crowds of any size, really? Uh, crowd, uh, crowds of any size. Uh, like reality, I, when I was eight years old, I remember a final I played, which they, we had like three thousand uh, people there watching. It was Barcelona against Valencia. We were little kids, but that, the level of soccer we played was was amazing. But re, um, when I started playing against adults was when I was uh, eighteen years old. Okay, so you're. Um... I w- sorry, I usually take notes, but I haven't been. Um, what at what point did you? So you played for Gironia. What 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 division were they, and how old were you? Sorry. Now in Girona, it, it it was still my. It was an amateur level yet. It was still like uh, academy. Got it. Got it. Um, so it wasn't until you signed in the third division that you were really playing. Like exactly. against people on pro yeah. contracts. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how does how does so were were you on a pro contract or are you just on like tell me about the mechanism that allowed you to come to the states and play? No, I, I was not on a pro contract. Okay. Because there's some kind of uh, if, if you're if it's your first year after academy, you can sign like I don't know what it's called in English, but a different kind of contract, and you can still play for a third division club in Spain. But nice. yeah, there were people in my team who were pro. The young, the youngers normally didn't have a pro contract, but yeah, usually that's how it works. Nice. I mean, I think it's probably similar to the homegrown contract for USL here, right? Where like you can sign, maintain your eligibility, play play one year, and still go on to college. Exactly. Yeah. Nice. So. The story I heard from Mike Brown, I forget why I called him. I think I was doing research on a homegrown academy uh, or a homegrown contract uh, article. And so I ended up talking to uh, Mike Brown. He said uh, his story of picking you up at the airport was was pretty crazy. So tell us about like how you ended up traveling across the world and ending up in Kansas. Yeah, so um, I my, my first intention was to go to a D1 program. Oh, I see. But apparently the NCAA, uh, my eligibility, as you said, was was not clear because you know I played at third division. They looked into my profile and everything. So we decided just to not risk it to go to uh, the junior college level and. Mike showed a uh, lot of interest in me, and that's that's where I went. Now, what I care, cared most about was uh, studying and playing soccer. I didn't care like if it was in Kansas or Florida. I didn't care. So as soon as Mike called me and he explained me his project and everything, I I was very very clear on on that. And I, I wanted to go there. Nice. Yeah. If you'd cared about where you go, you never would have ended up in Kansas. <laughs> yeah, probably not. That's all right. I've never been. Uh, I've never been to that part of the world, even though I live pretty close to it. So I don't. I don't know really what I'm talking about here. But um, so the actual flight itself, it sounded like you got in super late. Where'd you fly into? 
Oh yeah, so uh, it was. I, I was supposed to go to Wichita. Okay. Uh, and I ended up. Well, I knew obviously, but the flight was just better to get it to uh, Kansas City. So from Ray Bend, Kansas to Kansas City, Missouri, there's a four and a half hour drive. And so I had to 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 pick up a, a Greyhound bus, and that bus took me to Max Person, which is about halfway through, and that's where Coach Mike uh, came pick me up. And yeah, I I got there like at five in the morning, and I remember it was super long uh, ride, but but yeah, that's how it went. Well, and then uh, apparently you just crushed the fitness test, is what I heard after you got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's been already two and a half years ago, but I uh, I don't remember exactly. But yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. He was he was impressed with your effort. So, had you ever been to the United States before? I, I was I, I I had went to Vermont when I was eleven years old. I was there for six months because my my middle school offered a, a student exchange program. So I went to Vermont with a host family for six months. It was an incredible experience. And I still talk to my family. So if they're here, as we talked about it, but if there's any chance, I just want to say hi to y'all. I still remember you. That's amazing. Shout out to your host family in Vermont. Where in Vermont did you stay? Burlington. Okay, okay. I've, uh, I went, I, I grew up in Connecticut, and so I went a couple times to Vermont as a kid, um, for vacation, but we, we stopped going, like, when I was in sixth grade. So, I, I've been to Vermont, but it's been a long time. Uh, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice place. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay, so season one, Barton College, uh, how does it go? Um, it went pretty well. I mean, I was still getting adapted to, like, the culture, you know, getting up at 6 a.m. even earlier. It was it was tough for me the first three or four months, but eventually I, get, I got used to it, and we did a pretty good season. We ended up... Uh, losing the final in the national championship, but you know I, I'm happy about the first year. It got me to learn a lot of things. Yeah, and so um, you <laughs> a point of much discussion was uh, where you ended up. You ended up fifth all time in your single season for assists at Barton College, if if I recall correctly. Yeah. I think I, I had 15 assists my first year. And, and, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, just, that's, that's nuts. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anybody anybody you were playing with at Barton uh, go on to uh, any careers of note at this point? I have a friend that... He's not a pro yet, but I'm sure he will be in a couple of years or so. Uh, he's called Nicolas Torres. He's from Chile. And he also came to Western next year. We'll talk about that too. But, uh, yeah, he's a, an outstanding player. He's playing now for Missouri State University. So 
yeah, I have really high hopes on him. Yeah, no, they had a good season last season at Missouri State and sent a few guys out into the pro world. So I'm sure he's, uh, I mean, it, you know, pretty darn good place. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about sort of the journey to um, a national championship game. Did you know going in sort of this is one of the best programs um, or like, was it a surprise to you? Was it, I, I guess, was the success expected? Let's start there. Well, if, if I'm honest, I, I didn't know anything about uh, junior college at all. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know, even know what I was expecting from that team before coming there. But as soon as I saw Nico, for example, Roberto, a uh, lot, lots of teammates from all around the world. I remember my first week in practice. I said, "Damn, we have a pretty good level," and and yeah, we won. I, I don't remember the record we had, but probably like 16 games won and only one lost, something like that. It was crazy. Um, how did the level of play compare to what you'd been doing like the year before? Uh, I would say um, it was harder in Spain, but because there's more tactical play, more, I would say, intelligence. But in here, it's very physical, so it's also tough. So... It's it's different. Let's say it's different, but I expected the junior level, junior college level, to be uh, lower than it than it actually is. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so that summer between junior college and, um, uh, well, I guess summer between Barton and Iowa West, you yeah end up uh, you play in Duluth. Um, how'd yeah. you, how'd you end up in Duluth? So um, my my parents told my, my parents told me that uh, I had the option of staying in summer because we, we 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 talked about it and they supported me. They told me if you want to stay, it's it's your choice. And then I talked to Mike Brown. He told me you can stay in Minnesota in Duluth for the summer. You know, keep playing soccer, and then you come with me to Iowa Western. That's what I did, and it was a pretty good experience, too. How was, um, you know, I think you're m maybe one of two players on the team who played NPSL. Um, what, like, what did you think of the level? Um, yeah, yeah. What, what did you think of the level of play there? Let's start there. I would say it's pretty similar to the junior college level. Okay. And then what was... Yeah. Uh, Oh, go ahead. I want to know more. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying pretty similar. The only thing is, uh, yeah, you get to play against uh, older older players too. But rather than that, it's pretty, pretty similar. Um, did you guys uh, play against the Bug Eaters? Who's, who are those? It, Which club is that? Yeah, fair enough. So it was a um, – they played – they played two seasons. They played the first their first season in Lincoln, and then they played last summer in Omaha. But like they're fourth division, but they're independent, so they didn't play like last year. They played an independent schedule, but like they played a bunch of NPSL and USL two teams. So I didn't know if that was 
Um, I don't, I don't, I don't recall uh, having played them. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's fine. I would imagine if you'd say come back to Omaha to play a game in uh, Morrison, you would remember. So um, let's <laughs> let's assume they didn't without bothering to look it up. Um, so you play uh, play a summer in Duluth. How's Duluth? As it's a place I've always wanted to go. Uh, it's uh, it's very cold there. I can say it's very cold. <laughs> But um, the landscape is uh, beautiful. We got very well treated there. We had a, a big house with a garden outside. We used to uh, play there. I, I was with Nico. You know Nico. I mentioned it mm-hmm. before. He played with me, and it was a pretty good summer. I mean, we we only went to practice and did some some jobs with the parents. But uh, I wanted to keep playing soccer, and uh, I'm proud of. Of having stayed there in the summer. Yeah, no, I think uh, uh, that sounds great. So then, uh, Coach Mike gets a different job, uh, ends up at Iowa West. You go with him. What's that? Uh, what's that process like? At what point do you land in Omaha, uh, or you know, in Council Bluffs, ready to go? Yeah. So once once we finish the, the season with Duluth, uh, we we. We got a bus to Omaha, and I think it was beginnings of August of 2019. And at that time, I already knew that I was was a you know big school, incredible facilities, and I was very excited to start my sophomore year there. Nice. And then you guys have pretty darn good year again. Um... How many how many folks were new? How many folks were already there? So we came five players from Barton to Iowa. Okay. And then the group that was already there, probably only ten new players, and the rest of them were already at Iowa the year before. Okay. So that's a pretty good job on Mike Brown's part of blending everybody together. Um and sort of getting everybody on the same page and up to speed. Um, and you guys, did you guys make it? How far did you guys make it that year or last year? We went to the uh, uh, national championship. Okay. Again, and we lost in the semifinals against Monroe College. Fair enough. And yeah, I mean, we we won our first game. We we beat Muskegon College seven zero. We we had very you know very good feelings about ourselves, but then Monroe, which ended up winning the the national championship, beat us. So it was kind of a bummer, but it was still a very good season for us. Um, this this seems like uh, as good a time as any to run back over your entire career and talk about positioning, because it occurs to me that I've forgotten to ask you this. It's one of my usual questions: is what position are you playing? So uh, we know you're left back now. Let's. I'll just work back in reverse chronological order. Uh, what what position were you playing at Iowa West? Iowa West, and I played left back, but we played a four four two diamond. So the in the midfield there was a, a diamond. So there weren't really wingers. Um, so I had basically the whole left left side for myself, and I was acting. I was starting as a left back, but. We were an attacking team, so I was more of a left wing, I could say. 
Yeah, because you had some ridiculous number of goals last year, right? And you don't have to acknowledge ridiculous. How many goals did you score last year? If I'm not wrong, I think I scored nine goals and had 12 assists last year. Yeah, I think it was – I mean, I I remember uh, being at the club and, like, you know, Jay's Jay's talking about you and, like, you know, we're all looking up stats and we're like, oh, my gosh, this left back has nine goals. Like, are you kidding me? That's insane. Um, uh, but so interesting. So you, how, um, did you play left back at Barton? Yeah, I played left back at Barton too. Yeah, Mike always saw me as a left back. Um, uh, back in Spain, third division, uh, what position are you playing there? Okay, so yeah, back in Spain, it depended on, on the coach I had at that moment, but I was alternating in between left back and left wing and sometimes even I played uh, left mid. Depending um, on the circumstances of the game, uh, what our needed were what our needs were, uh, my coach would adjust me into one position or, or another. Um excellent. You're left footed, obviously. Yeah. Um what at what point? I'm trying to trying to figure out what I want to ask here. Uh, I guess I I guess I don't know enough tactically about soccer to really ask an intelligent question here. So I'll ask. Um, do you think your attacking skill set or your defending skill set is sort of your better skill set? Like, are you a great attacking left back or are you a great defending left wing? Comes from a complete lack of knowledge on the subject. So, (laughs) I I would say I'm a I'm a very good I'm a good uh, attacking left back and a good defending left mid. Fair enough. You played well. We can get to Union Omaha. Hey, we're talking about positionally. So you played, by my estimation, maybe um, fifty five minutes of left wing left midfield this year for Union Omaha, and you scored a goal and assist in the first 20 of those, and then um, was it the game in Wisconsin that you played left midfield? Yeah, yeah. That that, that didn't seem to be the best day you had out there. Um, Like, did you, what do you think happened in that particular game? Yeah, I remember um, having scored the, the the week before. So Jay came to me and said, "We're gonna try you out there at the wing." I mean, I think goes. at the point you come on for twenty minutes and score a goal and an assist, like I believe I wrote my pregame column, like you have to try, like you have to try this. It has to be tried. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that article from you, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, coach came and said, told me. But obviously, we look at the stats, and my first half wasn't great. But also, the the game was a very close one. There were there weren't really a lot of chances, and I didn't find my uh, ideal spot inside of the field. But the second half, I came back to my left back position. I played better. I believe. Yeah. No. I mean, I I think so too. I don't not not asking you on this show so I can criticize your play. 
please. No, no, but. of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think it was, I, I thought it was interesting. Um, and I don't want to like put anybody's performance against Madison on trial. Cause I think they, uh, just find a way to snuff the life out of, uh, all things good in soccer. So, um, we'll just, we'll just move on. But, uh, okay. So growing up then, like, are you playing left back at eight at, at you know, the Barca Academy? Yeah, I started playing left back when we were playing 7v7. We played a 3 to one formation, and again, nobody in front of me on the wing. I had the whole left side to myself, and that's where I started playing. Interesting. And, I mean, I think even now for Union Omaha, you're playing, you're providing a lot of that functional wing play. Like, a lot of your touches are in the opponent's half along the left wing, so. Um, yeah. Who, yeah. Growing up, like, who's your favorite player? It's always been messy since I was a kid. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, is there anybody, like, I mean, you know, are you watching, uh, at what point was Danny Alves there? How old are you? Uh, he was, when, yeah, when I when I signed for Barcelona, I think, uh, a year later, he signed for for Barcelona, something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, like, is there, like, are you patterning pat, you patterning your game after, um, Messi? You pattern pan? I forget it. Are you trying to play no. like Messi or Danny Alves, or just playing your own style? No, my well, my my role model, I would say, like in my position, I would say is Jordi Alba. Okay. Okay. Um, he he also well he played in Barcelona when he was a kid before going to the first team. Then he played for also Cornelia, the academy I mentioned before, and he always was like uh, my role model. He has a very similar like attacking style than me. Beautiful, love it. Um, okay, so at what point? Well, I kind of know the answer to this. So. I know by the time you guys are in the tournament, you're talking to Jay, because um, I remember him flying out to the national, like to to yeah. the finals in California, basically to make sure nobody else snatched you up. Um, like at what point? Well, who introduced you to Jay for the first time? Let's start there. Coach Brown. Okay. He told me, yeah, there was this new USL kid team in, in Omaha and the, the coaches, you know, trying to find good players. And I, I, I think a couple of weeks after Jay came to a game and that's when I met him for the first time. Nice. So what, um, what does that last year at junior college look like? Like, I mean, now it seems like a foregone conclusion that obviously you should have gone pro great call but like are you getting d1 offers like what is um were people still concerned about your eligibility were people willing to roll the dice like what what is that process about what's happening in 2020 look like in 2019 yeah okay the my, my first uh intention was to go d1 after transferring from the juco level but the problem of uh, eligibility came came up again because they, the NCAA 
said I would lose my first year of uh, eligibility. I'm rolling my so eyes. Was, no one can see this because it's, uh, you know, a podcast, but I'm rolling my eyes. Continue. And um, so I was, I was worried, you know, because I, 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 tried, I was trying to go to D1. I didn't have any other offers. At that, at that point, I didn't know about the Union Omaha offer, so I had universities calling very good universities but you know they, they would they would tell me if you're gonna lose your first year then we cannot give you a good scholarship because you'll you'll be on the bench the first year and then you'll you'll only be able to play your on your senior year so yeah i was it was a, a hard time interesting interesting um so so then, so kind of out of the blue, then like this offer to go pro comes from Jay. Um, did anybody else like? Did any other folks reach out? Uh, I had Naya schools reach out because with Naya, I wouldn't have had that problem with eligibility. Interesting. So that was an option too. But you know, we talked with my family and my brother and my close friends. And there was really nothing to think about it because it was, um, I've always wanted to become a pro soccer player. And, yeah, I took it, and I think it's it's gone well till now. <laughs> I would say that's an understatement, but, you know, that's okay. You <laughs> yeah. can be humble about it. I'm not going to rag on you for that. Um, yeah, I think it's gone. I think it's gone pretty well. So... Like, you know, usually I've been doing these as, like, written pieces, and, you know, I don't always know, like, where I would start writing, but I, I think for you, um, I think I would have started with that moment uh, in Chattanooga, right? Like, you're playing uh, at, like, before lunch at Chattanooga, and, like, um, what happened in the tackle where your ribs got broken? Yeah, so basically the, the opponent stepped on me with his, First, he, he stepped on me with his whole uh, stud in my hip. Then he realized that, you know, he was he was going to hurt me, so he bended his leg. And while he was bending his leg, he, he hit me with his knee in all my ribs on the left side. And, yeah, imagine I was I was sprinting all the way, and imagine having a collision like that. It was very painful. And yeah. You... I, was screaming, I, was, I was screaming in pain for, like, 10 minutes on the ground and and yeah after the, the halftime uh, I know that I, I couldn't keep playing yeah no I mean I was impressed once we heard the diagnosis uh, impressed that you'd come gone back out for like even any amount of time at all so you knew like did you know pretty quickly that something was wrong and you were just going to try it or was it like the, the adrenaline starts to wear off and you're like oh gosh something's really wrong here yeah, after five minutes or so, uh, when when the start, when the play restarted, I I I noticed right away because you know the first I, I don't know two or three minutes your body is still is still hot, it's still with adrenaline, you don't notice it too much, but then I I knew something was wrong. Uh yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. So how many you missed a couple of games? How did your recovery uh, go? Uh, Two or three. Three. I missed three, yeah. Three, three, three. All right. Yeah, yeah, because you missed the game in Fort Lauderdale where we turned things yeah. around. Um, 
So you like, okay, so let's, uh, did you, what was the recovery like? Could you sleep? Could you eat? Like, you know, I, I'm, you know, hearing about it and all I'm thinking is like, oh my gosh, all this kid is going to want to do is sleep and he's not going to be able to because his ribs are going to hurt so bad. Yeah, the the first three days were, were were awful. I mean, I couldn't even move. I was like, I have to go to uh, make some food, but it's so painful to get out of bed. <laughs> it, it can wait, you know, but those were awful. I got better and... I had my. I went to do my X-ray with the, with the doctor. He told me just just rest all you can, eat well, and you'll be good in four to six weeks. He told me what. He told me as long as you can handle the the pain, you can be back as soon as you want. Well, as soon as you can handle the pain. So yeah. Nice. Um, did you wear a, like a flak jacket or anything like, or did you just, you know, you're gonna go out and play twenty amazing minutes with. Steel healing broken ribs. No, I, I didn't use anything. Uh, Justin, the, the athletic trainer, told me it was better not to compress the zone with the ribs. You just have to let them let them be, let them heal by their own, and that's what we did. Uh, had you ever had like a serious injury before that you'd had to sort of rehab through? No, never. W- was. I imagine as those things go, like, one, that first one's got to be really tough, but, like, the same time, it's not like, you know, it's your knee or your ankle where, like, you kind of just don't know. Like, the ribs, you're like, you know, again, if you can play through the pain, you're good to go. Exactly. It was not uh, as as hard as someone would think, you know. I know I I didn't have to go through surgery or anything like that, so uh, it wasn't that bad overall. Well, good. I'm glad. Would not wish, you know, badly broken ribs on... Uh... No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the one other the one other thing we haven't really talked about for all these stops is sort of like what your best memories are.
Um, okay, so like, just uh, yeah, like what what along the way? We'll just uh, we can start. What's been your best memory this year? Or is it yet to come? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, uh, you know, regular season best memory, Union Omaha. What are you going to remember ten years from now? Okay, regular season without uh, counting preseason, I would say the goal against Samantha, obviously. It was such a great I haven't had that feeling in such a long time. You know, coming back from an injury and scoring a goal after six minutes being on the field, it was just amazing. And I said, here, I'm back and I can play soccer again. And we still can fight for the championship. So that's my best memory. Nice. I love it. And, yeah, as as you and I have discussed, you've maybe been um, a little unfortunate to not have created more goals or to not have had more goals and assists to your name, considering how many chances you've created this season. So I was pleased. I was happy for you on that one. Um, Thank you. And I just, you know, like you're out there driving our attack a lot. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see those chances pay off. Um, what about uh, what about a preseason memory? It sounds like you have a sweet preseason memory for us, too. Yeah, so preseason we we went to the Utah tournament. Remember the Winter Cup? Oh yeah. And it was my birthday, the February nineteenth, and we played against Louisville City, and I scored my uh, I scored a PK, and yeah, it was really special. Well, and I so I remember that um, that game was like the one that wasn't filmed, and we like it was late, right? It was like in the eightieth minute. We'd been down a goal for a long time. Um. And what I didn't find out until afterward was that you'd actually won the penalty as well. Yeah, it was. I, I made a, a really good run with the ball. I, I I I stepped into the box and the keeper fouled me, and I scored. Imagine it was my birthday. I was still getting to know my teammates and everything. So yeah, it was a great, great feeling that day. Yeah, we all just assumed that Jay was doing it to be nice for your birthday. It wasn't until everybody got back that he explained it. You know, you'd also won the penalty, and well, yeah, that makes a, yeah. that that's a little, you know, makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, what about uh, what's sort of best memory from your time at Iowa Western? Um, I remember again, again, um, was it I, Iowa Lakes? And I remember if we won against, we we had to win against them to in order to win the the conference. And it was such a tough game. It was like 20 degrees outside. It was freezing, and just the the, the team effort was amazing. We got the two. We won two one, and I remember that that game in a special way. Nice. What about Barton? I won't make you do this for every team you've ever played for, but let's at least... No, it's fine. <laughs> Martin, uh, let me think. Um, probably just winning the the conference and knowing that we were going to the national championship. That was a great moment. Nice. So, 